Welcome to the Jesus Show. Not that one. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This week, I talked to my cousin Danny. In the interview with my cousin Danny, I tell him how he's very influential on how and why I got into soccer. We talk about that. We talk about um, him playing, him coaching, and I get to know things that I never knew about my cousin, and he's been my cousin all of my life. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And oh yeah, real quick, please make sure you guys are, like I said before, subscribing to the podcast, rating the podcast, uh, following me on Instagram, the Jesus Show NTO. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at Jesus Show NTO and on YouTube, the Jesus Show uh, NTO. You can go to my Instagram and my producer, Allie, she had a smart idea. She put the link, I think it's called a link tree or it's anyways, there's a link in my bio. You can find where to listen to my podcast or you can click on the YouTube link and then it'll direct you to my YouTube channel. So now that we have that out of the way, let's get into the interview with my cousin, Danny. All right, everybody, we're back with my cousin, Danny, Danny Mosaquitas. Hey, man, welcome to the show. What's up? How's it going? It's going good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to be here and uh, excited. Excited. I've been hearing the the podcast previous to to this one, and uh, I'm hoping I can blow it up. (laughs) I'm sure you'll do fantastic. (laughs) Cool. And then real quick, I want to see the, the, the background you have. Oh, it's really cool. Legends <laughs> FC. That's, that's who you work for. Correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, so that, that job title there, whatever, whatever that means, director of business and uh, boys North director. So um, yeah, legends FC out here in uh, we're actually in Norco, California, which is not too far away from where you, your mom lives, but yeah, uh, Montclair, California, which is about maybe like a 15 minute drive. So we're uh, we're right next to Ontario, so some people may know Ontario Airport. That's yeah. uh, right next to Ontario for sure. So, yeah, yeah. When when you hopped on, I noticed the background. I was like, "Whoa, so official! I like it." <laughs> well, we have a you know what? Uh, we're fortunate enough. We we you know we have a, a full you know full staff. We've got a a branding a content um, you know guy that uh, basically does all of our our social media, our posts. He does stuff like you know stuff like this where we have our our um, you know, our, 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 our administrative team, mm-hmm. uh, has this nowadays, this is kind of like a, a must, like you got to have some kind of background or something because, um, you know, a, a lot of business is conducted on zoom. It used to be before on, you know, over the phone. Now it seems like yeah, right on anymore. Everybody wants yeah. to, everybody wants to see a face. Right? <laughs> so, um, so this also helps so that you don't have to not have a picture when you're on zoom. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. But, uh, so let me get into, that's our little thing right there, right somewhere right here. One club, one family, one mission. Oh yeah, yeah I see that. That's tight. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I want to share a story with you, which I don't think I've ever shared with you. Um, okay. The reason why I got into soccer, the reason why I started playing soccer and watching soccer, is because of you. When, wow. when I was a kid, and you were in, I believe you were in high school. Uh, I started. You know, your dad would call me up and hey let's go watch a game and i don't from what i know about myself 
I probably didn't want to do it at first, mm-hmm. but because I started going a lot to your games, I started looking forward to them. And then I wanted to play soccer. I know, I know I had played soccer as a little kid, but I don't think I was really into it. And then, like I said, seeing you play and seeing at just, you know, playing in high school and then uh, seeing you play in college and just, I remember you played, uh, I think it was like the all-star, the high school all-star game, and yeah, you yeah. played with uh, Nick Nick Romando. Yeah, so Nick was, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, go, go ahead, yeah. Well, yeah. no, no, he went He went to Montclair High School, which is yeah. where I later went to high school, and I thought, whoa, Danny's playing with these guys. This is amazing. And then... <laughs> well, just, a, just a little caveat to that, so that you bring that up because I, I actually just totally even forgot about that until you brought that up right now. So it's good. You did. But in that 97 class, um, we had some studs in that group. So guys like Carlos Bocanegra was in that team and oh, that's right. And Matt Evans, which actually coaches with us here, Matt Evans, uh, probably the best player I've ever uh, played against, in, you know, live, like in person, that's, you yeah. know, age um he landed a plane over at apu when i was over at cal poly but um i mean if you look at that list of, of if you look at that picture and i still have that picture somewhere actually um if you can send jersey send me a picture of that so i can post that <laughs> i'd love to I, act- I actually have that jersey that jersey still was like a crazy like red and whatever messed up like uh jersey there was some ballers and actually the coach from montclair high school which i don't know if you knew who that was or not is the guy's name is uh gerard solozano so it's uh solo everybody calls him solo okay he was the high school coach at montclair and um he was uh coaching he was one of the coaches for that game against um who put it together which is sharif uh big time like he's a big time you know coach and he's been in youth soccer for for forever so everybody knows who sharif is but this is the one that actually put on that game um and it was at uh, elac so we played it at elac was the actual game was played at ELAC. Where's where's ELAC? Um it's off of the 60. It's um East Los Angeles College. So that that's oh, where okay. that's where they played uh that year at least that's when they, that's where they played the game. So um again we had we, we had an absolutely stacked team. I think that game we we killed the other team. I don't even remember what the score was but um that that year when I look at that group I go Man, there was some absolute just ballers on that team for sure. So funny you say and that. And then I remember you, you were always number five. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, you know, watching you and I thought, oh, I need to be number five. So I remember a couple, a couple of teams I was number five. And then when I got, maybe I was 12 or 13, number five wasn't ever available. Like somebody else would take it. So then I was like, well, fuck, what am I supposed to like? What number am I supposed to get now? So I would Ten. usually, I, I didn't even think about that. So one time they gave me number 12. I went, okay, 12. Like I didn't associate, like, you know, you were number five. Then Kobe Jones was 13. Um, so those are the two numbers. That comes really, 23. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like things yeah. that other, other big names. And I was like, who, who the fuck's number 12? I was like, fine, whatever. I'll be 12 because it was the only number. And then it started getting into, as I got older, somebody else was 12. So I was like, well, I guess I'll be 13. So then I kept switching back from 12 and 13, 12 and 13, 12 and 13. So that was, that was my sweet spot. But I always wanted to be number five. 
because you were number five. And then, like I said, when I got older, then I was like, I'm just going to give up on that number because nobody wants to give it up. So the the story behind that, and I, I appreciate that. That's I didn't I didn't know that obviously, but um, one of the the biggest reason why I was number five was because there was used to be a player called Michel Platini. Mm-hmm. So Michel Platini was number five, and back in the day, back before you know when I was a kid, before they even had TVs or anything, and everything <laughs> was black and white. No, I'm just kidding. Um, when we would watch games, there wasn't there wasn't like Champions League on, and you know all of these like. EPL and none of that stuff even I mean it existed but not like that you could watch TV and plus we grew yeah. up and you know we were poor so it's like we maybe had like a little you know two box and like 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 10 channels or whatever we, yeah. didn't, we didn't have the full array so I remember in um in uh the World Cup I remember watching the World Cup when I was a little kid and watching this guy Michel Bratini that played for France he he was amazing and I was like oh man I like that's my guy. Like, I love that guy. And that's how I decided to even get the number five. So, Oh, wow. Okay. There's a little, there's a little. See, I didn't know that either. Info. There you go. We, we, we've known each other our whole lives. <laughs> we're talking <laughs> we're about it. Talking about about know, right? <laughs> it <laughs> so took a cool, podcast but... for us to, to, to connect a little more. Yeah. And if you want to go a little deeper into that, which uh, I don't know if you want me to or not, but. Yeah, of course. Um, numbers used to be positions on the field so like if you were a two if you were number two you were like the right back if you were number three you were the left back if you were a 10 you were the like creative forward or you know midfielder or whatever so um back in the day it wasn't like now where guys were like you know guys now were like 33 and like 45 or whatever it used to be where you like get a number because that's based on your position and so I was, when I, growing up, I was always kind of like a defender. So five always actually kind of matched that too. So. Oh, okay. Now, do they still use, I know they refer to players in a, in a position, like they'll say, oh, he's a number two, but you know, he'll be wearing number, I don't know, number 12 or 30. Yeah. That's yeah, not, so- that's not necessarily still a thing where a player will, will wear a number because of where they play yeah oh no no absolutely i mean when, when you i mean the greatest you know clubs in the world the real madrid's the manchester united's the they have their own specific numbers like if there's a guy that's coming up through the ranks and they think he's he's special yeah. um and, you know he'll start off with whatever their number is which is you know in the academy ranks so you know they range up from one to whatever 60 or 100 or whatever right so you could in the and the amateur ranks be number, you know, 43, but this kid's really coming up and he's a true nine. Like that's the out and out striker, the forward. Yeah. And, you know, if he gets that nine number, then that's, I mean, that's a, that's a, like a huge deal. So like, for instance, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but like Cristiano Ronaldo, he was always number seven, right? Mm-hmm. Cause the seven is the, the right winger. Cristiano Ronaldo was one of the first with Messi on board. One of the first prominent guys that actually switched to the opposite side so the seven is actually like a right what would be like a right midfielder right yeah because he's right footed but for manchester united he actually played on the left side and now so he was the number seven played on the left side and he was a left winger which is technically the number 11 position wise um, ah okay so, but so many great players like david beckham and george best and all these guys had the number seven at manchester united so they kind of knew he was going to be a pretty big deal when he yeah. came on board because they gave him the seven um but when he went to real madrid 
they wanted to put, give him the nine. So I think for the first first or two years, he actually wore the number nine, but he wasn't really an actual forward at that time. He was still like a winger. Yeah. But you know who had number seven was Luis Figo. And you're not gonna take oh, you're not yeah, gonna take no. number seven away from Luis Figo. Yeah, he's so, a legend. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to wait until Figo was out of there, and then they transitioned, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo to the to the number, you know, his true number, which is and number Figo, seven. But... And Figo's Portuguese, like he is, correct? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, Figo's the he's he's the dude. He's he's the man. I mean, before before Cristiano Ronaldo, um, they had a um, uh, I think the goal scoring, like he he held the record. Um, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but he was a Portuguese like forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but Figo was like the guy after him. So before Cristiano Ronaldo, Figo was like their best, you know, player. And obviously yeah. he's playing on Real Madrid, so he's no he's no chump. But um, yeah, of course. But yeah, that that's just sorry, I got a little too into no, no, that was saying. good. I like that <laughs> position. <laughs> I can I can talk about that all day long. But um, as you know, I'm a historian of uh, of sports in general, but. Uh, yeah, soccer definitely for sure. So, sorry. So how so how did you get into soccer? Um, you know, honestly, man, I, I uh, my my parents when I was growing up just kind of put us in all kinds of uh, sports. We played. My dad, you know, my, you know, my pops, my pops never played soccer before, uh, nor, nor did my mom. Mom definitely, yeah. my mom. I don't know if she played any sports, <laughs> but my pops never played that. I think he just was like, "Hey, I'm going to keep these guys like doing something." And so, um, ASO just came on board. I was really fortunate when I uh, started ASO. Like, I think my second or third year in, um, my dad is, as you know, is a pretty sharp guy. He uh, he found one of the coaches that was, you know, a really good coach. And even though my dad didn't really know much about it, he was like, I want my kid to play like for that guy, you know, like you know, Luis Medrano was his name, uh, is his name. He's still alive today. Um, and uh, my dad went and talked to him and just said, Hey, um, I'd like to get my kid to come and play. And back then you could get the co the head coach and the assistant coach. You could be on the same team. So um, my dad just said, hey, I'll be, I'll be your assistant. I just want you, to, oh, okay. I want you to coach my kid, you know? So my dad was the assistant coach, yeah. uh, in quotes, uh, because he really <laughs> he didn't know anything <laughs> about soccer. But he helped with uh, kind of the logistics and the parents and whatever. So um, that's, that's how I started. And he was actually old school, played in Mexico. Um, he's the guy that actually took us, the whole team, to go watch uh, – this, this Mexican team called Aguilas um, when they were playing uh, I think they were playing in like Downey or something like that. He took us to a game and oh, wow. and I think that that day kind of changed my life now looking back at it because I didn't even really know anything about soccer but when we went to that game um, I just remember these people were just absolute like fanatics man like the 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 stands were shaking. People were throwing beers everywhere. <laughs> like, it was like, it was crazy. And I remember we were all there. And obviously, you know, our parents, my dad was there too. But my dad had never experienced anything like that either, you know? Yeah. So um, after that game, I just remember, like, I just love the fact that people were just going crazy for their team. And I didn't even know either of the teams that were playing. Yeah. I just, I was just there because, you know, my coach that, I, you know, I had wanted to just take some of the kids to the game. So um so that's i mean that's really kind of how i got into it but growing up as you know dude i played like all kinds of sports i played i played basketball football baseball you know so obviously soccer 
um, the reason why I actually landed up playing soccer was because um, my eighth grade year, I was playing f- tackle football. Okay. Uh, junior All-American. And, uh, and um, one of the guys on, on my own team did what's called spear, speared me uh, in my back. Ooh. And um, yeah. And so then I, um, I, I started having some back issues, went to a specialist. Initially, the specialist told me um, I was never going to play sports again because Whoa. I had slipped one of my discs in my back. See, you didn't even know this. And you, Damn, you, how you, old were you? Were you? I was probably like, what, right before going into high school? So maybe like, I don't know, 13 years old or something. Shit, like that. man. 13, okay. 14 years old. So, you know, I had been having, you know, like just some pain or whatever, but I thought it was just I needed a stretch or, you know, maybe muscular or whatever. Yeah. And then found out it, um, it was a, um, uh, like a slip disc in my lower like vertebrae or whatever. And so I remember, um, I remember that doctor's appointment was not, not fun at all. It was Dr. Hale. My parents still remember to this day. And when he said, um, you're going to have to have surgery and um, we may need to fuse some of your vertebrae and you, you're not going to be able to play ever again. Um, like, dude, we crazy. Were just, we were just like, what? Like I was, you know, I was super active and my parents weren't expecting that either so i remember getting out of that that doctor's appointment um you know we were just crying like all of us just left the room just like bawling and i remember the doctor um he was just like cold he was just like (laughs) he was just like he was just like oh you know just another day like ah we'll just set up your surgery and uh you know we'll get you physical therapy and you know you'll be good to go but uh you won't be able to play ever again and we were like what so um so then from there, my dad um, got me to some other specialist, a guy that was uh, working for the Rams in Newport Beach. We got a second opinion. Luckily, we did. He put me on a um, like a physical you know, uh, therapy regimen. Um, and fortunately, um, I was able to play, but he he discouraged me from playing football because he said, obviously, that's, you know, uh, that's probably not good for your health. Yeah. Um, but um, he, he did. He did give me the green light to play soccer, and that's ultimately why I landed up playing soccer in high school and in college. Ah, okay. But actually, landed up being, as you know, right, something that you think is catastrophic at the time. Yeah. Right, like, oh my god, my world's ending. I can't play. Do do anything? To now, it kind of just led me into the path that I should have been in, which was playing soccer and and only playing soccer. So yeah. uh, that's the reason why I was able to, um, you know, to, to play in high school and fortunately play in. And college too so damn that's crazy see something else i didn't know <laughs> wow uh-huh, see <laughs> and we lived like two minutes from each other right jeez <laughs> it's crazy man yeah so then growing up what teams i know you followed manchester united yeah and that's another reason why i follow manchester united is because when i was younger I saw you with the jersey and you would talk about Manchester United. And I mean, I didn't, I'm younger than you. I'm not a whole yeah. lot younger than you, but I'm younger than you. And I just saw, yeah. like, I was like, oh, you're the authority on what good soccer is. <laughs> okay. I like Manchester United because I've had some people yeah. ask me now, oh, how'd you start watching Manchester United? I go, oh, my cousin Danny. They go, yeah, but what was it? I go, I saw the fucking red shirt. He said, you know, uh, Beckham. Uh, Solshire, um, 
you know, all those Keen, other guys. All those yeah, guys. Yeah, man. Roy Keane. Yeah, I mean, there's the list goes on. That was a golden age for Manchester United. So. Yeah. And I'm like, those guys. And they go, yeah, but did you know? And I go, at the time, I didn't know shit. I just knew <laughs> Danny likes him, so I'm, yeah. I am I like him. So how, yeah. how how is it that you that you found out about these teams? Because like you were saying, growing up, we didn't have all these channels. Yeah. So what what was it and how and how did you come to find out about these teams? Yeah. So that I mean that that's a that's a funny story too. So I I, I don't know if you remember or not, but I had uh, my best buddy growing uh, in high school was this guy named Reno. His name actually wasn't Reno. Yeah. yeah. I, I, his name was Ryan Porhasinian, but everybody called him Reno, right? So him and I were like. You know, Sticks and Steve's, we we hung out, trained together morning, afternoon, night. Like, we trained all the time. And the first time that I actually really saw European soccer was actually at his house. So he had one of those, like, black boxes that you could get, like, <laughs> a bunch of channels. And, you know, oh, okay. you didn't pay, you know, back then, like, um, there was no, or if there was, I, I didn't know anything about that. But I, he had this, like, you know, black box and you could get EPL, you could get you know, games from Holland, from, you know, all over the world, basically. Yeah. And, um, and his team was always Liverpool. So um, oh, okay. he, he would always want to watch uh, Liverpool. And when I just started watching it at that at time, um, Manchester United was like, you know, the standard, they were, you know, they were the gold standard. I mean, that's the golden age. You, you got Beckham, you got Nicky, Butt, you got Skulls, you got Ryan Giggs, you've got, you know, all the way up to Vidic and all these guys. Right. So I would watch them play and I was like, man, and of course they're winning championships and yeah. you know, their coaches, I mean, what's there not to like. Right. So yeah. I just kind of like, was like, okay, you know, Hey, Liverpool's your team, Manchester United. That, that's, that's going to be my, like, I don't know, but you know, yeah. everybody likes obviously winners. So I kind of just, I, you know, I kind of just ran into it because of a buddy of mine, just, um, you know, him. And then when we'd go to their house, Anytime they'd play, obviously, any EPL games was, you know, that was that was everything, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I was whatever, 15, 16, 17 years old and watching some of those games. Um, and as like I said before, you know, I love sports. So like I'm a I'm a numbers guy. So like, you know, when you see 18 championships and, you know, they're going undefeated and, you know, they're doing all these things. It's like, man, that's awesome. So I think um, that and also they're the most at the time and maybe even still today, they're like the most marketable brand in soccer in the world. So they're up there with okay. you know, Real Madrid and the Barcelonas. And so um, it was easier to get their, their stuff. Like it was easier for me to go to the store and get a Manchester United Jersey than yeah. it would have been to get a, a Tottenham Jersey or a, yes, true. Know, whatever Lister or whatever, whatever, whoever else, you know, you want to put in there. Um, there was more of that gear at that time to buy. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember the shirt that you're talking about because I freaking love that thing, man. I used to wear it like, <laughs> all the time, right? So, like, I think I got that for birthday or something. Yeah. And I used to wear it into the ground because, you know, you, as you know, you're, you know, Galaxy or, you know, your teams, like, you, you get those jerseys or shirts or whatever, and it means more than just a jersey. Yeah, yeah, right? of course. Like, it, it gives you feelings. It gives you moments in your life that you're like oh dude remember when so-and-so scored this or they won this yeah. like this was the jersey they were wearing or this is what i was wearing when they did xyz so um you know that's that's the love of the, that's the love of the game you know speaking of love of the game and things that mean a lot you took me and greg to a galaxy game when yep. they were playing in the rose bowl and <laughs> there's two stories the one is i remember, I remember this 
Yeah. I remember you took us and uh, you got us Vuvuzelas. And we were going. <laughs> you didn't even know what Vuvuzelas were. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know. <laughs> we saw it and you were like, you want one? We we're like, yeah, okay. And then we were like, dude, this is because we're younger. We wanted to make noise and we were making noise yeah. the whole damn game. Yeah. And second half comes around and Tony Miola, who was playing for the Kansas City Wiz yeah. at the time, he was close to us and we just we were heckling him the whole second half just going at him going at him and people around us were laughing and then towards the end of the game i remember he turns to us and he just gives us one of these like "Mm." and then we started going crazy because i thought oh my god a professional athlete just looked at us and gave us like a oh like just he's sick of it already yeah, and they're losing, and it was you yeah. know like almost a 90th minute, right? One of the greatest experiences. Yeah. And then the second time you took us, they were passing out those like inflatable things you slam together to make noise. Do you remember? Oh, that? yeah, 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 the slapsticks, uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, they're they're like, um, they're plastic, you blow them up, they make the noise, and after the game, you got us close enough to the field that uh, Mauricio Sanfuegos and Ezra yeah. Hendrickson signed it for me, signed mm-hmm. one of the things. Yeah. And I would show everybody that. Anybody that came into the house, hey, you want to see something cool? <laughs> like, oh, what? I was like, so my cousin Danny took me to the Gauss game, and I met Ezra <laughs> Hendrickson and Mauricio Sanfuegos. Yeah, this is their yeah. signature. And I just, and I'd have it on my dresser. And then, like I said, anywhere I could take it, I would. And sometimes my mom would say, what, what are you doing with that? I go, oh, I want to show. She's like, who are you going to show? I go, I, anybody that would listen, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it meant, yeah. it meant the world to me because it was, you know, that's, that's how I started watching the Galaxy. And I always thought, you know, these, these European teams are, are, are amazing. They're great. Yeah. But then now to see a team that we can drive to, and go watch. I mean, unheard of because I, you know, we didn't grow up with that. Yeah, yeah. So we weren't like a, we weren't considered quote unquote a soccer family, if you will, right? Like that wasn't yeah. something that we, that was you know instilled in us since we were little kids. But yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that vividly. And to just add another little layer to that, so Tony Miola, for those that you know know or may not know, he was also the national team goalkeeper. So it wasn't like this is just like a Joe Blow. This is like, you know, at the time he had the hair, he had the, you know, like the long long ponytail. (laughs) I remember that. So it wasn't like, you know, it was some scrub like goalkeeper. This guy was, you know, he he was recognizable. You could see him on TV. And yeah, yeah, I I remember we had a great time and, uh, and you know, it was cool. So yeah, absolutely. Touching on, on real quick on that subject that we're not, we weren't a soccer family. Yeah. A lot of people growing up would always ask me, am I going to play baseball? Because everybody would tell me, everybody tell me, oh, you're so big. And, oh, you know, <laughs> your, your Cuban roots, you guys all play baseball. So when I would yeah. tell people, oh, I play soccer, they go, why? Because I, I love it. And they go, yeah, but I mean, isn't there anything in you? Isn't your Cuban side telling you you need to play baseball? And I go, yeah. no, not at all. Nothing. Nothing is yeah. telling me that I need to play baseball. 
yeah i got that i got that a lot growing up too everybody always assumed i guess i was mexican or whatever and and uh i'm like no dude i'm, I'm cuban like i'm half cuban half panamanian I'm like what yeah. like you should be playing baseball or boxing or something right but yeah yeah that was just never um i mean i know i played growing up but it wasn't something that like you know you're born with and like you know you're 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 all about so i think to to our credit to your credit i think we're the kind of the first generation if you will of uh, in our family at least to have those like soccer roots you know that we actually can have conversations about it and and talk about it because uh it is man it's a beautiful game it's uh it's 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 the world the world language you know i think i I probably re- realized that more than ever uh, a couple summers ago. A couple summers ago, when I went to Spain to uh, to Barcelona. Oh, that's um, right. You went on the trip, but yeah, you guys man, went. You guys the the trip was because your boys were playing, right? Yeah, yeah. So we we well, it was twofold. So we we yes, that that is correct. So I had a, a boys team in 04 team that we got into a tournament out there. It's called the Iber Cup, um, which is Iber? kind of a iber i-b-e-r okay. iber cup yeah so it's a pretty well-known uh it's like a, a huge circuit throughout mm-hmm. europe and they they're in brazil and all that and basically that's all this company does is they they go around and they they put on these you know these tournaments from you know teams from all over the world so um you know uh initially that's that was the main reason why we went because i just kind of wanted to show um, i had taken trips and stuff before to go and, and take teams to play and i played as well too uh, but I thought it was just a good, it would be a good cultural experience, especially yeah. going to Spain. I mean, what's not good about that, right? Um, so uh, when we went um, over there, we also had a company that actually um, put, uh, somebody put me in touch with a company that we um, did the the arrangements with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they... Uh, and they were first class, man. They were awesome. They they basically kind of put the the entire um, uh, trip together for us. They had people that were there with us, kind of you know guiding us through the um, you know the whole process. And um, it was it was a blast, man. It was super fun. You know, over there, the main thing is is it's not just a game. It's like there, it's really like part of their culture like there's families there's people that like their being a coach is not like here where here it's kind of like a paycheck and you know yeah. like a lot of people just want to you know do it to to get paid over there if you're a coach you're like you're like the man like you're you know yes you're getting paid for it, but it's not like there it's really like the cream of the crop so if you're if you're a coach there and you're coaching some of the academies and stuff there, like you're legit, you are yeah. you're the man, you know? So, um, oh, I can only imagine because now. in, in their academies, that's how players go up. You know, you start at, you know, if you're starting at the Barcelona Academy, if you're, you know, young, as you go through the ranks, especially if they're a good player, um, you know, they could be at the senior team at one point and then you can say, Oh yeah, I coached, I coached Messi when he was, you know, 10. Well, there but, they have the, the world-renowned La Masia, right? So they, they have one of the, probably the, if not the most prominent, one of the most prominent academies in history there. I mean, Johan Cruyff, you know, went through there and kind of gave them their structure. So, I mean, just visiting the Camp Nou and going in there, that basically like that stadium is like a museum because you go, we took the tour of everything. We got to go on yeah. the field. Um, but you go in there and you see all the trophies and all the history and all the, I mean, 
if you go through that and I took, you know, my wife and my kids, you know, Janice and the girls um, went with us and they really know nothing about soccer. <laughs> and even they were like jaw dropping, like, wow, this is amazing. Like you could just feel it's more of like, you, you know, if you were to go there, hopefully one day you get to go. It's amazing. I would like you would just, you'd want to like lay down and just like die there. <laughs> like, man, this is a, you know, this is the, it doesn't get any better uh, from a, you know, from a true football purest place like if you haven't never been there i absolutely that's got to be one of your bucket it wasn't even a bucket list of mine yeah and it became one after we went there i'm like you know going to you know the theater of dreams you know old trafford is one this is like one one b for me you know what i mean so um so that's cool you know one thing that talking about stadiums one of one of the places, one of the stadiums I went to was at uh, the Azteca down in Mexico City. Definitely, yeah. And my buddy Jonah, he asked me, hey, our friend, uh, our friend Bruno, Bruno Valdez and Cecilio Dominguez were playing for um, America. Cecilio is now playing for Austin, but Bruno's still down there. So he said, hey. McConaughey's team, huh? Yeah, yeah. So he goes, hey, we should go down and, and, you know, watch the guys. And I said, okay. So we fly out there. And I'm not really thinking about the stadium. I'm just thinking, okay, we're going to go see our friends play, right? But I had never been there before. And then I, I, I see the stadium as we're walking up. I'm like, oh, shit. This is the Azteca. Like, many, many, many great games have been played there. But most notably for me, a lot of U.S. versus Mexico games have been played yeah. in there. A lot of yeah. highly contested games. I was like, oh, shit. So we go inside and we sit down and then I just start looking at the stadium. And I'm like, oh, my God, this place is enormous. Like it holds 100,000 people. Yeah. And then I'm just like soaking it all in. And Jonah kind of looks over at me. He's like, hey, man, are you OK? Because I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm just like. We're at the Azteca. He goes, yeah, I told you we were coming here. I was like, yeah, but like it's hitting me now what this place means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a and holy grail, yeah. Just to watch a game. And then what? I think uh, a year later, we went to go see uh, Cruz Azul and America in the final, uh, which was cool because our friend Classically, yeah. our friend Pablo Aguilar was playing for uh, Cruz Azul, which he's still playing. Yeah. And then, you know, Cecilio and Bruno were on the other side. Uh, so it was cool to see two friends play in a final, play yeah. at the Azteca for two of the biggest clubs in Mexico. And again, yeah. you have all the people. And I'm like, fuck, man, this is really cool. And I can only imagine, like, I would love to go see, uh, you know, the Camp Nou. I would love to go see Santiago Bernabeu where Real Madrid oh, yeah. played. I would love to yeah. go see the Theater of Dreams. These are places I want to see because, you know, you see them on TV, but then when, once you get there, you're like, oh, shit, like, this is this is crazy to be here. Yeah. And I remember you yeah. showed me the pictures when you guys got back from Barcelona. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, that's forever. Like, there's a picture where we're right in front of the, like, entrance and it says FC Barcelona on top. And um, I mean, we like I said, it, it, it was it was amazing. Uh, quick story on the on the def or on, on uh, Azteca. So 
Clay Coyman, which is actually one of our coaches here for Legends, he played for the men's national team, um, but he also played in Mexico for a lot of times. They call him El Capi. He's like, okay. I don't know if you know who Clay is, but he's, if you look him up, I mean, he's he, like, we get still people here today that bring their kids to come and play and they see Clay and they're like, you know, like, you know, really? they, they like, oh, yeah, they cool. go yeah, they go crazy because he's, you know, he, and he's a super, super, super cool, nice guy, but he tells us some stories about when he was playing um uh in mexico and um and he you know he was like you know back back then this was probably like in the 80s maybe late 80s 80 you know period mm-hmm. um that they would play and like what their contracts consisted of and what they were getting paid and then what they'd really get paid so yeah. like you know if you were playing in america or you were playing he played for i think he played for cruz azul i believe and uh, if you were playing against an America, or you were playing against somebody, and you you won, like the, the 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 owners would say, "Hey, you win, like ten grand. Everybody gets ten grand, or hey, you win, you get whatever twenty five grand or whatever." Yeah. And he goes, and I never even thought about that kind of stuff. And he goes, you know, um, we'd win games, dude, and I'd come back to my you know my hotel room or my apartment or whatever. And I'd have like a duffel bag just full of like cash. And he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, dude, I, I you know, it was crazy. Like, uh, you know, the, the, again, the fanaticism, the, just the, the passion that people have, uh, forget, you know, the money aside, obviously it's nice and all that, but, you know, just playing there for the couple of years that he did, he's known as like, you know, a super God legend, you know? Um, yeah. so he's, uh, it, it's, it's a different, it's a different thing in other countries. I think we're, we're building to that here. I don't know that we'll ever get to like a place like a Spain or something because we have yeah. so many sports um, to compete, you know, against like the footballs and the basketballs and, you know, the top three or whatever. But um, I love to see the Seattle Sounders. I love to see, you know, like these venues that people are just, you know, going crazy, man. I think it's, yeah. it's awesome. So. Yeah. And I'm excited to see uh, Austin come in this year. I think. Actually, man, I think uh, I got some buddies of mine out there in, in Austin as well, too. And, and I think uh, I think they're going to be good. I mean, um, one of the guys that we were talking about in that, that um, high school uh, team, Carlos Bocanegra, which played for the national team and played in the MLS yeah. and also played in Europe. He's the I think he's the I don't know what his exact title is, but he's I think he's like the general manager over there at uh, Atlanta United. Yes. So so he um, you know, he helped build that thing down there, which is great. But um you know, Austin's got some good pieces in there and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. And I think they have the fan base already. I think yeah. like they've got a lot of people that have been, you know, I, I know they have Dallas there and Dallas, by the way, is one of the best, best run, you know, clubs and their, their youth program is, is ridiculous there. I mean, they're pumping out, you know, legitimate professional players like left and right. Out they, of just too, sold, so. they just sold uh, one of their young players to Europe. Yep, I want to say yeah. Juventus, but I could be wrong. I, I, I don't know. know I, I don't, I don't know who they sold them to, but I know there was like breaking news on MLS.com. They're uh, known for their academy system. I mean, they put out they put out some really really good players for sure. So, so I wanted to ask you when you were playing high school ball, uh-huh. how was going into playing college? What was the difference that you saw between the high school game? in the college game um i think it was my freshman year um i, I just actually had this conversation with uh, with somebody a couple of days ago which is funny you asked that but 
um, I knew that college was a totally different game. Yeah. Um, my first year we played um, a school called Grand Canyon, and um, uh, it's a Christian school. It's still, I mean, it's obviously still there, and uh, it was a preseason, so uh, I was over at Cal Poly, and I had a bunch of my buddies that we basically played with in, in um, club, and actually like four or five of my buddies from club made the transition to go over to you know to play at Cal Poly, which is which is great, right? Um, and we had a, we actually had a pretty good team. We weren't known as a very good team, but like myself my freshman and sophomore years like that was kind of the the new start of that program now that program's flying i mean they 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 got a really good program there but back then cal poly wasn't known as like a good soccer school yeah um but i kind of felt like we were the start of of a you know some talent that went through there and i remember us playing we we went to phoenix um and we played grand canyon and uh, our coach, uh, Carlos Suarez, which actually, funny enough, coaches for us now here as well, too. Um, he, he said, hey, look, man, we're going to go there. It's a business trip. You know, for a lot of us, it was the first time kind of doing the whole, you know, trips and all that. And he goes, I don't want anybody drinking the water because the water was like <laughs> horrible. And uh, and he said, you know, make sure you guys are you know ready to play. These guys are going to be tough, you know. Yeah. And uh, so we we went out there and I remember seeing this guy that was they're all american he was an absolute just tank dude i mean this guy was like 28 years old i think he was like mormon and went on a on a mission and came back or something and <laughs> this guy was like i mean he was he was just like a he was a like a grown man you know like yeah. he it seemed like he was a man and we were all boys <laughs> and we and we thought we thought we were really good and yeah like our coach was even like you we can't let this guy beat us blah 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 you know this that whatever i mean that game i think he reined up and just like got a header like it looked like he was in slow motion like you know coming and just i mean we we tried to foul him we tried to kick him we tried to pull like anything you could think of and, and we were just like shedding off this guy and that's when i was like i never experienced that before i was like this is this this is definitely different right like yeah. this guy is an all-american obviously for a reason <laughs> he's probably gonna play in the mls somewhere which i think actually he did end up playing in the mls at some point um but um but yeah i mean the speed of play was a little bit uh was was a little bit faster for sure um i was fortunate enough in my club life that um we i played at a pretty high level so it wasn't too bad um you know we won a couple uh, national championships as a club team but um but as far as like you know you, you can't substitute strength speed and size which yeah. only just heightens when you get into pro- the professional ranks right so um you know if you think in college you're if you think in high school you're a good player when you get to college it's a different level and then when you get to the pros it's a it's a totally different level right so yeah. um speaking of that i think from when I was a high school player transitioning into college, as opposed to where the kids are now in this day and age with youth soccer and how, and how much more skilled they are going into college is like, it's, it's night and day difference. Like, you know, you, you have little 10 year old kids doing a double scissor exit. Like, you know, and I didn't even know what that was until I was like 16 years yeah. old. You know? So you got these little ballers out here, you know, going crazy. And uh, it, the, the game has come a long way in the last, you know, 15, 20 years. Oh, of course. Years. You know, sure. one of the, one of the other, one of the other really good memories that I have 
with you as uh, you know, growing up playing soccer is I remember you would invite me. There were some summers and it was usually in the summer. Um, you'd invite me to come play with you and some of your older friends. Yeah. And I remember a couple times we played, I believe Brian Dunsett was there. Yep. I, I was went, just going to say, I was like, Dunny oh, was there. Cause you guys were telling me, Oh yeah. He just signed with, um, Real Salt, Real Salt Lake. Lake. Yep. And I was like, whoa, he's a professional. And, you know, we played with some other guys. And he does the color commentating for uh, RSL now. Yes, which he's, he's one he's of a... – I'm not, I'm not a fan of RSL because <laughs> they knocked <laughs> you the Galaxy can't. out of the 2009 MLS final. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I love Nick Romando. He, I mean, you know, he's, he's a great goalkeeper. He ended his career with Salt Lake. And when I do watch Real Salt Lake's games and Dunset is uh, announcing, I like it just because I remember, oh, hey, I played against him a couple times. Not only that, and I think he does a really good job. Uh, but growing up, I was like, whoa. And then as a kid, I thought, oh, I did well. And then as I got older, I went, oh, they were letting me do well because they can do whatever they want. So, okay. It's a different level. Yeah. It's a different level. And, and, and Dunny's a really cool guy. Uh, and just little note on that. So you were playing against guys in like, so Reno and I were like the youngest kids that were there. We were like the little brothers that just kind of like tagged along with like an older group. Right. Yeah. But there was another guy there named uh, Joey Franchino and another guy named there, Joey. Oh, yes. Reno. Yes. All of those guys, by the way, played in the MLS, just, yes. just as an FYI. So when you thought we were just playing, like, backyard pickup, like, blah, 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 you were actually playing against guys that potentially played in the MLS. So yes. it wasn't like, you know, you, you're, you're not a scrub, obviously. You're, you're, you're good. But when you compare yourselves to those guys, you realize you're not that, that good, right? It wasn't until I got older. Where, like, I remember seeing Joey Franchino when he was playing uh, with the Revolution. Mm -hmm. And you were like, oh, hey, we played with that guy, remember? And I went, oh, yeah. And I went, oh, shit. That guy? Yeah, you don't really, like, realize it until you actually see it and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah, that, I mean, I, I, loved, I loved doing that. And I think, not I think, I know it helped me with my development because then I would, because that was things that I'd see you guys do. Yeah. I was like, huh. And then, you know, I'd go practice and I, you know, it, it was either dribbling or, you know, some sort of step over move, you know, and I would, I wouldn't always execute it perfectly, but I was like, oh, well, I saw them do it. Let me see if I can try to, and then just. We actually have some of the, oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, we actually had some of the best games in your front yard. Oh yeah! <laughs> Remember oh. we just set up. You had like the perfect setup where the gates were like were perfect, and we had goals on each side, and we just we played three on three, two on oh, two. Yeah. Like, well, now now that my yeah. mom now that they put the fucking driveway there, I'm like, you guys. I told my mom, I said, you ruined it. Yeah. She's like, well, no, we needed a place to park the car. I'm like, that's why there's a street and there's a back. I was like, what the hell? I was like, this used to be the best place to play soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. I mean, every family, right? I mean, we were there all the time, but like, we just rolled the ball out and hey, let's go. Like, we had so everything fun. we needed already set up there, and then we had the obstacles of the trees. Like, we don't have to go around. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I remember so petitioning cool. my mom so hard, <laughs> Mom, we have to get rid of these trees. 
so yeah. that we can have a like a good legit a soccer yeah. field. Yeah. No, 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 no. I was like, come on, man, we have to get rid of them. And then now they're gone, and I'm like, of course they're gone now. Like, oh, but when you know what? Those wanna... trees saved me a lot because there was a couple times where I would shoot the ball because I'd always make Greg be the goalie. <laughs> he hated being the goalie when we play up front. I go, Greg, you're goalie. So he, you know, okay. And I mean, I would kick the ball. Poor kid. But there was a couple times where... Greg, by the way, is his younger brother. Yes, yes. Greg, Greg's my younger brother. But I would kick the ball. And, you know, I'm, I'm still a kid. I'm still trying to figure out how to, you know, aim the ball when I'm shooting. Dude, yeah. a couple times a ball would hit the tree. And thankfully it would hit the tree. If not, I would, I would have broken 50 windows. Like, oh, but yeah, dude, I remember that was so much fun going around the trees, dribbling it, using it as a defender. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and we, and we used to have all the cousins, like that was the thing is that, you know, girls, boys, whatever your sister, everybody would get in and just play. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so like rule, you know, specific. Like if I asked my girls to play that in the front yard now, there's gotta be like, you know, a whole like, you know, litany of like, we have to have a, a rules plan and then we have to put out cones and we gotta yeah. put out gold. It's like, can we just play? Like, yeah, just yeah. roll the ball out and just play, you know? Just let the ball um, roll and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, man, that's that's the best for sure. So how did you, so you you finished <laughs> your your college playing days, right? Yep. When did you know, or did you always feel like, oh, I want to go into coaching? Well, actually, um, I actually started coaching the my freshman year in college. So my high school team, I, I went to Damien High School. Uh, shout out to Damien High School in Laverne, California. Hey. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, my high school team, when I graduated from high school and went to Cal Poly, I actually um, went back the very next year and was kind of like an assistant coach, if you will, because the same coach that I had my senior year was the was the coach then um, still. So I started, you know, kind of helping out with high school. And then my coach actually said, hey, I think you'd, you know, I think you'd be a good good coach. And he and he coached club soccer. So his name's Susano Lopez, which actually coaches for our club right now oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah you, you notice a pattern right so we, we people are connected big time but um so he actually coaches um for our club now but back then he said hey i think you know you you do good you can come and kind of help me out and so you know I, I didn't make a ton of money i was still playing in college and you know working and stuff but i just love the game so much that i just yeah. went out i don't even know if i got paid to be honest with you for the first you know I don't know, maybe the first year or whatever. I was just out there just helping, doing fitness, whatever whatever I could do. And then uh, it kind of morphed into um, me doing it, just getting paid because I, I love doing it. And um, I I think, uh, I, I think yeah, that was my um, – uh, it just helped me continue my passion uh, for the game um, because it's a different skill set for sure. Um, I think, uh, you know, playing is definitely fulfilling. And I still played even after that. I mean, I had a good core group of buddies that we did. You know, we had a semi-pro team and, you know, we'd we'd play in the Budweiser Cups and, you know, just stuff that would come up. But it wasn't like, yeah. you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, like obviously a professional team or whatever. But coaching gave me the opportunity to still stay, you know, in, in tune with the game and also, you know, teach 
you know, teach kids, you know, um, how to play and to fall in love with the game, which is what hopefully I'm still doing even today, you know? So yeah. um, it's, it's definitely a different skill set, but I think the transition from playing to, to coaching, um, you can be a good player and not be a very good coach. And you can be a yeah. very good coach and not a very good player. So, um, you know, we have guys that, you know, are absolute ballers when they play and they just don't know how to, how to teach the game. So, um, you know, I, I'm, soccer has given me um, a lot of things in life. Uh, I mean, I could, I could, the list is far and wide, right? I mean, yeah. now I, now I work for a, a, a club, right? It's my, my dream, right? My dream job is, is being able to do this for a living um, and be able to, you know, supp support my family, which I'm able to do, uh, thankfully. But, um, you know, that doesn't come for everybody. Um, yeah. I think it, it, it manifests itself in different ways. Like for you, right? Like, like I've, I've heard in your other podcast, which by the way, I'm super proud of you. And I think, you know, you're doing a great job, um, with, uh, with the program. And I thank you for, for, um, allowing me to, to come on and hopefully, uh, you know, um, come back at some point, but, uh, oh, of I course. think, I think, uh, you know, it manifests, it manifests itself in, in many ways. Like for you, it seems like this is something that is your, your coaching right like you get to talk about like it just seems like you and i are just talking shop right because we love the game so much and you know we yeah. have the connection we're cousins and whatnot but it doesn't really feel like work when you can find that that's when you know you have your dream job and that's that's how yeah. i feel now that's how passionate i am about what i do is that you know um I think we're one of the best clubs in the country and um, I'll put our staff against anybody and our teams against anybody. Um, and I, I do put in some long hours and do, but I love it. Like I, right. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world, you know? So um, it seems like you, you've kind of found or you're finding your way in that niche. So super proud yeah. of you, man. You're, you're doing a great job. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I was going to ask you what kind of, what kind of coach are you? Cause I've, I've had coaches Depends on who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> I've had coaches. Oh, sure. <laughs> I've had coaches yell a lot, um, which I mean, I I react positively to that, depending on the kind of yelling. You know, if it's berating, that's that's different. You know, like I've had coaches tell me, like, "Hey, get your head out of your ass," and sometimes I need to hear that, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, you're right." Uh, and there's other coaches that I've had that are kind of soft-spoken, but they're more like, hey, look, make sure you don't let that player get on their left. And it's a little calmer, and, you know, and I respond to that as well. Oops, sorry, I hit the mic. And then when I was coaching, I was, I was, never, one of, I I was never one to yell at my players, but I would definitely yell across the field because I needed to yell at instructions. So that's why, like, what what kind of coach are you? Well, I'll, there's no one answer to that because uh -huh. I think I think when I started, I was definitely a different coach than I am today. So I, I mean, you know, I've been doing this now for twenty something, twenty three years or whatever, right? So I would hope that I'm a better coach today than I was when I first started. But uh, the, to not give you the, the whole history of that, but I think the type of coach that I am now is more um, uh, just, you know, yeah, 
I used to be a yeller for sure. When I first started, I was definitely a, a yeller because, you know, you just kind of want to get your point across and, yeah. and you know, you, you're just, you're in the moment and, and you're trying to, you know, maybe feel like you're, you're impacting the game and, and, and yelling or pumping up your guys or whatever the case is. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a little more old school way of doing things. And that's how I was brought up. Like my coach, Anyway, so like Luis Medrano, he was was nobody better, man. Like that guy used to just give you that the blow dryer treatment, right? Like it was, you know, the entire <laughs> game. It seemed like it was just yelling at you, you know. I like that the um, blow dryer treatment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, but uh, you know, I think now it's more. I see the bigger picture. I see in club soccer. Um, you know, I see. I've seen kids go from you know, eight years old to now, you know, playing college and, and, you know, doing, doing great things and, you know, being part of their family. And I think the best way that I can describe it is, is I think before I used to think like, Hey, I'm just focused on my little circle and my team and making them the best that I can and, and winning everything under the sun and kind of at all costs type of thing. And now my goals are different for, for the kids where I'm, I think I'm a lot more about the development of of the player at where they are and you know coaching little guys to coaching olders is, is a different skill set too but yeah um, i think i have a better understanding of the landscape of what soccer is and my goal for them is to get them to college and so i'm not about you have to be the best nine-year-old player or the best 10-year-old player whatever i'm more about what's the family like what's the structure like what's the kid like you know, are they coachable? Like all those things, because I can teach them uh, so much, but if I have somebody that doesn't want to learn or refuses to learn kind of thing, and they're a baller, I'd kind of rather them not be yeah. here and go somewhere else yeah. because I'd rather have kids that, you know, I can kind of mold and, 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 and get to where I want them to, want them to be um, so that they can get to that ultimate goal. Cause I think, the most fulfilling thing for me in my life was was playing college even though at the time when i first started i didn't even know that that was an option like back in the day you didn't really hear about like you know obviously i'm older than you but nobody really talked about playing in college right like yeah. playing professional was like you know the thing yeah that was a thing and, and that was like you know if it, like if you knew somebody that played you know professional you're like oh my god that's crazy but um, it wasn't tangible, you know what I mean? It wasn't something like you really believed that you could do. It was kind of, yeah. you know, one in a billion or whatever, you know? So, um, you know, long story short, what type of a coach I am, I hope I'm a, the type of coach that um, raises good young men and women, right? And I'm able to teach them the game along the way and hopefully show them how to fall in love with the game. Right. Because yeah. at the end of the day, when I see them and I'm they're older, like I want to have conversations like I'm having with you, right? Like, hey, remember like, you know, when you were playing and we were at such and such tournament, and you know, like because the majority of the people, that's what they're gonna experience. A very yeah. small fraction of them are gonna play pro and a and a really a small fraction of them are gonna play college as well, too, because it takes a lot of things to make that happen. It's not just if you're good or not, you know? Yeah. So yeah. hopefully I'm a little more informed and a better, uh, better person and a better coach than I was when I first started. I would hope that, but obviously it depends on who you're asking, right? Because I'm sure that there's some people out there that <laughs> may think uh, differently, but um, I, I, that's the type of person or coach I, I would hope to be. 
Well, I can only imagine you are a fantastic coach because like I said before at the top of the at the top of the interview, you helped me fall in love with this game of soccer and you helped me you've instilled this wanting to pursue more of it, whether it be watching it, coaching it and doing, you know, doing a podcast that involves soccer. Um, so, I mean, you've impacted my life immensely and I'm not even one of your players. So I can only imagine <laughs> as a yeah. player, you would be a fantastic coach. Well, well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's a lot coming from you. Well, uh, I won't take up too much more of your time. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. You yeah. are definitely going to be on the podcast again, and we can continue. <laughs> we can get into like specific topics. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. what about this? What about this? What no, about this? This is great. The only thing I'm going to say, dude, is, is where's Allie? Oh, like, she's she... watching. She's watching the dog <laughs> in the other room. Because if I have a, if I have them in the room with me, they just start whining. Like they'll be good for 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, they start moving around and they start making noise. <laughs> And then I'm like, fuck, now I have to stop. Okay. I saw oh, the yeah. one you guys did together. I was like, oh, dude, I thought she was going to be on today. But no, it's cool, man. It was it was good to. No, no, no. Like, nah. I'm the one <laughs> with the podcast, not her. Even though from time to time she goes, yeah. oh, you want to do a podcast together? You want this episode? I'm like, no, let me decide that. Nice. My show. Okay. <laughs> My show. <laughs> No, that's cool, man. But uh, yeah, dude, I, I look forward to it and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Bye, bye, bye. All right, man. Love you. Talk I love you, you too. All right, dude. Later. Bye. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview with my cousin Danny. Like I said at the top of the show, uh, there was some stuff that I found out about my cousin Danny that I never knew, which I thought was kind of cool. So this week, uh, more original music by me. I know you guys love this part of the show. Uh, this week I'm thinking of, hmm, let's see, I've done some Island music. I've done some Regtron music. Hmm. I've done, I think I've done some Banda too. Uh, some techno. Have I done techno? You know what? Maybe let's do that. Cause I don't remember doing some techno. So, let me try that out. Again, thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week, guys. And here's some music by me. The Jesus Show, not that one. Bye, guys. So dumb.